0: Welcome to the SLP Happy Hour podcast. I'm Sarah, a private practice SLP working in Southern Oregon. In today's show, I'll talk a bit more about implementing a language systems first approach to language modeling for all my students at my clinic who could benefit from visual supports. Last month's solo episode went into AAC overwhelm and a quick overview of the program and of what I'm doing at my own clinic. Uh, This episode is less the process that got me there in the internal process, and it's the practical steps of what I'm doing with specific implementation. By the end of this show, you'll have a good idea of how to implement a language system first approach to AAC where you work. Or even if you aren't interested in AAC, you'll hear a story of developing a clinical question, getting support to answer it, and trying things along the way with plenty of freakouts and self-doubt sprinkled in. Before we begin, this episode is sponsored by the Parent Handouts for AAC packet that I use with all my families to start talking about implementing visual supports in AAC for my caseload. You can get a copy of the packet I use by finding SLP Happy Hour on TeachersPayTeachers.com and searching for AAC Parent Handouts or by following the link in the show notes. So let's get to the pilot program, which is modeled by the program implemented by Sarah Cruz SLP. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-R-U-Z. You can find her on Instagram. She's an SLP and AAC consultant who helped my team go through this process and she was really instrumental to this coming together. So thank you, Sarah. A bit about my clinic, it's me and one other SLP and we see mostly kids ages birth to five We bill private insurances and we see kids in person and via telepractice. Of course, I want to make it abundantly clear I don't recommend one specific AAC system over another or really any particular therapeutic techniques over another, especially when it comes to AAC. I'm not an expert. This is just a case study of what I did. It, (laughs) you know, it's this is realistic implementation. So this isn't perfect. This isn't the best way to do things. This is just One way, and I will honestly share with you what went well and didn't go well. So let's get started. So let's get to three considerations or three steps for implementing this program. Step one identify who needs to be a part of this AAC program. Really, who needs AAC? It's any student not making progress with verbal speech. And I'm really especially targeting ages two to three, since I do a lot of birth to five. I want to get AAC in the hands of kids when they're younger and not older. But of course, I'm thinking about my whole caseload. I'm also going through my school age students and trying to figure out if they've had previous AAC evaluations or trials at their schools. And remember, AAC is visual supports for language, so the amount of kids who could benefit from access to this is probably bigger than you initially think. I have kids who aren't talking much, and kids who are talking a lot but are stuck with I want plus object, and they're not progressing much past that, thanks to other therapies that teach kids that phrase, Uh, but that's a pet peeve of mine, but. Regardless, remember, this doesn't need to be a high-tech system for every single one of your students. Start with not worrying about what the communication system is. Make a list of students who would benefit from this and let the needs of your students guide you to your next step. Step two is research and get input, put and then choose and implement the system in a systems-first approach. So that means I'm not doing an individual AAC trial for every child. I am choosing a system and every student on that list has access to it, whether it's a high or low tech version, whatever I can realistically do. So I met with other preschool SLPs who had more AAC experience than I did. I had a meeting with the local school district's SLP or the SLP in the larger district that most of my students will go to for kindergarten. I wanted to see what systems they were familiar with. And I ended up choosing touch chat word power 60. And I want to make this clear. I definitely did a research phase. I got the input of my community. I tried systems uh, with several different systems with several different students. And this was overall easy for parents to learn and students were really interacting with it. So it doesn't mean that this is the best system for preschoolers, but it's what works for me and my students. So As you're researching what system you wanna implement, ask yourself, what are some systems I wanna try out as possibilities? How can I get access to these systems to start using them with my caseload? What systems do staff and families I work with, including local school districts, have experience with? And what has the overall best results for my students? So this is a process that is really, should be determined by your caseload and your community. So for this phase, this period actually took months of research, uh, some trials, getting feedback from community members. And so if you go through this exact same process, chances are you'll come out with a different system just because there are so many available. So once I had a system, I worked with PRC Saltillo and applied on their website to be a partner, which means I would get access to touch chat word power for my iPad. It took about four to six weeks after applying. But I got a code that I would then go into the Apple Store uh, and enter a gift card number. And I immediately was over t- able to download the program, which was great. So that process was pretty easy. There was that waiting period. Uh, I also made a binder with a free flip book from PRC Saltillo with Touch Chat Word Power. You can look for that online. It's free on their website it was a lot of pages, but as a low tech option, uh, it was great because it had so much. Uh, some of the pages are like quarter sheets, but I think it's 36 pages. So I also made smaller binders with fewer pages, laminating and whole punching the entire flip book took three hours and I didn't want to do all 36 pages again. So I made these smaller books with the pages that would be interesting and useful for individual students, and they got their own flipbooks. I started that with just a few kids. So right now, a few kids have those. Not everybody has their own, but I'm working towards that. And then I have a couple of copies at the clinic. Uh, Parents also have a copy of, at minimum, if they don't have their own binder, the core board from that system. So again, in the session, the kid could use the low-tech binder option, again, those are the flipbooks that are free to download from the PRC Siltillo website, or they could use the high-tech version on the iPad. I had both available at the clinic. We are also working on getting a huge core board for the clinic treatment room, but that will be a special order thing at a printing place. So I'm still figuring that one out, but that is in the plan. And as far as what uh, sessions look like, we've used a lot of play, a lot of toys. Uh, our kids like little barns that you open up and there are different animals in them. We use Ed Puzzle videos. And I made some Canva activities with GIFs for learning um, verbs. And so most of my sessions were a combination of those things. So remember systems first approach means all kids get access to the program. Easier said than done, of course, and it's a tier one intervention. So if it doesn't work for the child or they need something different, we'll absolutely shift to something different. We are not forcing one system on every kid. So that takes us to our third step, monitoring progress and deciding on the next steps. Full disclosure, this is where I am now. I'm figuring out what progress monitoring looks like and how to decide on next steps with the students we see at the clinic. Our plan is to meet once a month as a clinic, uh, me and my SLP employee and identify, go through those kids that we identified in step one, need access to systems. And um, if we need to problem solve, if they need access to more words, what family's feedback is, what is and isn't working for them. And of course, we're gonna start doing some high-tech trials and formal assessments to get kids some high-tech AAC there's still an unanswered question. How will we know if it's working? And in a lot of ways, this is qualitative, right? Like, are they able to communicate in multiple different environments for a a variety of communication functions? Uh, This isn't quantitative. I can't necessarily tell if it's working with just tallies and I shouldn't only rely on tallies to know if it's working. This is really about quality of life and the power of communication different types of communication in different types of environments. So currently my favorite idea about how we gather data is again, instead of taking tallies, for example, the amount of initiations or the use of core words, by the way, we already do have to take those tallies for insurance purposes in our session notes. I wanna sit with parents and identify the the settings in which the child participates in, how they're communicating now, and start implementing visuals uh, for a variety of communication functions in different environments. Because truly, I only care so much about my tallies and what a child can show me in our session. And I care quite a bit about if they're able to express their needs, preferences, desires, and make social comments and reject in their day-to-day activities outside of the speech room. So if AAC allowed a student to communicate in more settings, That's, I mean, really the proof is in the pudding. Uh, That's what we want. So let's measure what matters. Can the child express themselves in a variety of settings with a variety of communication functions? So to be clear, we will be also doing some AAC evals and we're working to get multiple high-tech trials of devices in the clinic and we'll continue with that Right now I have access to, and I'm naming programs, not because they're the best, but because no one would name programs for me. And it was really frustrating. So, uh, TD Snap. So for that one, it's Toby Dynavox. I downloaded the app for free, but the light version doesn't speak. So I signed up on their website as a partner. The process was super easy and now my version speaks. So that's how I did that. And then touch chat word power. I explained earlier in the podcast how I got that. And then I also did a LAMP training with my PRC Celtillo rep. You can find out who your rep is online. And after that, I got access to LAMP as well. So that brings us to the end of today's show as I discussed my imperfect but realistic implementation of an AAC system at my clinic, including how I chose the system, how I'm implementing it, and how I'm monitoring progress. If you have any questions about this process or you have feedback, you can feel free to reach out on our website, uh, just find the contact form. Uh, This episode is recorded on the land of the Takelma and Cow Creek Umpqua tribes. I hope this episode has been a little slice of an SLP happy hour for you. Thank you for listening. Until next time.